The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. It starts out with the basic fact that for most people, saying no is very awkward and very difficult, and they struggle with it. It's a two-letter word that causes people a great deal of angst and a lot of feelings of conflict. Happy Monday, everyone. This is the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm Michael Kavnet, and today we're going to talk about the power of saying no. Nine. Yet. Nope. No way. Hell no. No thank you. There are lots of ways to say it, but my guest this week thinks you're probably not saying it enough. Her name is Vanessa Patrick. She's a business professor at the University of Houston and the author of The Power of Saying No, the new science of how to say no that puts you in charge of your life. Vanessa's theory is that a major factor holding a lot of us back professionally and creatively is an ingrained habit of saying yes to things that we really want to say no to. We may not even realize we're doing it, or maybe we do realize it, but think it's just part of being a nice person. But in fact, Vanessa thinks that casually agreeing to tasks that we're not enthusiastic about, or that we're not especially good at, or that just aren't our responsibility, drains us and makes us less able to make meaningful contributions to our businesses, to our loved ones, and to the world. First off, she says, we have to understand why we so often default to saying yes. Why do we say yes when we want to say no? If someone made a request of you or invited you to go somewhere and you wanted to say no, you should be able to say no thank you or sorry, not interested. Instead, saying no is often fraught with anxiety and riddled with feelings of conflict. Because saying no is a dispreferred social response. For many people, saying no is awkward and difficult because it involves having to put aside other people's expectations and not do what they want or wish for. As I write in the book, hardwired to help and conditioned to be cooperative, we are psychologically poised to say yes, even when we want to say no. Simply put, we are social creatures with a need to belong, and we worry about two key things, our relationships and our reputation. We are concerned that saying no will risk our reputation with the asker, so we say yes when we want to say no. We are also concerned that saying no will damage our reputation, so we say yes so people will see us in a good light. In her book, The Creative Habit, dancer and choreographer Twyla Tharp describes a time where she agreed to choreograph what she calls a bad piece of music purely out of a sense of obligation to the Oscar. She spent six torturous weeks trying to make it work. After she engaged in intense practice with 16 dancers and spent hours of studio time, Twyla Tharp was forced to admit that Hollywood Kiss was simply not working out. She writes these words that all of us will do well to remember. Whatever your reasons for starting with a project, whether crass or noble, 
They have to be clear and unencumbered. Obligation is a flimsy base for creativity, way down the list, behind passion, courage, instinct, and the desire to do something great. Vanessa Patrick, welcome to the Next Big Idea Daily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm really glad to have you. So, The Power of Saying No is your book title. Do you mind if I ask if you personally have struggled with this problem at all, this issue about saying no? Of course, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and certainly I have. They always, they always say that you study stuff that you're particularly interested in and want to get better at. Yeah. And so you invest a lot of effort in that. Uh, and so my general topic of personal mastery and striving mm-hmm. for excellence is very much driven by me as a person. Yeah, so I, I imagine that over the course of your career, maybe you noticed times when you were agreeing to things or taking things on that maybe you really didn't want to, and you yourself had this issue that you were saying yes oh, to things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, I start the book out with an anecdote uh, that talks about my previous life, which was in the corporate world, prior mm-hmm. to my PhD, prior to me by becoming a professor, when I was asked to do something which was really, really a waste of time sort of task. Mm -hmm. And it had huge implications for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it kind of made the importance of being able to say no to things that take you away from things that are important Mm -hmm. and an issue that was worth studying. Well, let's get into your first big idea. You asked the question, I guess, why do we say yes when we want to say no? And it's interesting, you say that Saying no is a dispreferred social response. I find that an interesting way of putting it. Um, can you say more about that? Why? What do you think the psychological and social factors are that make us say yes when yes. As, as a default response? So it starts out with the basic fact that for most people, saying no is very awkward and mm. very difficult, and they struggle with it. It's a two-letter word that causes people a great deal of angst and a lot of feelings of conflict. Mm -hmm. And so we struggle with it. Now, the question is why we struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And it boils down to three main things. One, we are concerned about our relationships with others. We are concerned that when we say no, we will risk our relationship with the asker. And the other thing we are concerned about is that it'll damage our reputation and people will not see us Mm -hmm. as competent, as capable, as able to handle the stuff that we are asked. And the reason why I call this a socially dispreferred response is essentially because when people ask us to do something, ask us to go somewhere, invite us someplace, they're expecting a yes. Mm-hmm. The, the expectation, the default expectation is that you are going to say yes. And so when you say no, it goes against that expectation, which people struggle with a great deal. So mm-hmm. when people are expecting you to do some one thing and you actually do quite the opposite, yeah, that's something that kind of we struggle with. Yeah, and hence the the term socially dispreferred. It's not what is expected, not what is preferred by the asker. I don't know if this falls outside of your research, but I wonder if you think that there 
that some cultures have this more than others, and if there are some cultural societal factors that play into this. You know, I haven't studied it, but my hunch is that uh, more collectivist cultures, mm. cultures that have a stronger power hierarchy, mm-hmm. are going to be cultures in which saying no is much more difficult. Because in collectivist cultures, the relationships are so close-knit and you're, you're, who you are is so determined by who mm. you are surrounded by. So in those environments, you can imagine that the reputational concerns and the relationship concerns are just amplified. And again, maybe this falls outside your research, but do you have any evidence or anecdotal information to suggest there's a gender element to this? So the research is very clear that no is a very gendered issue. Hmm. Women struggle with saying no more than men. Women are significantly more likely to say yes to a workplace request. Mm -hmm. They are more likely to be asked to take on what is called non-promotable tasks, Mm -hmm. uh, which are tasks that are not aligned with your advancement or promotion in the firm. The tasks that is often called office housework that never gets discussed in an annual review. Right. That's the kind of stuff that women are more likely to be asked to do. And they are also more likely to say yes to those tasks. So women definitely have the burden of being the helper, the nurturer, the giver mm-hmm. that drives them to be almost slotted into these into these roles where you got to say yes and not say no. When I think of my own struggles in this, when I don't want to do something but agree to do it anyway, it's some of it's because I just don't want to be, you know, I want to be nice. I want to be helpful. You know, I value that. I value this relationship. And I feel like kind of like I'm a bad guy if I'm saying no. Now, sometimes in some environments, I'm comfortable enough being the bad guy. I I don't have that much writing on it. But say, for example, in my marriage, uh, I might ask you for some marital advice as we go through here. Uh, you know, sometimes my my spouse might ask me to do something, and I don't want to. And I maybe I think I have good reason not to. But it feels like you know, really aggressive to say no. It feels like I'm being hostile. And uh, I know I know you have some techniques that will mm-hmm. will help me with this and we'll, we'll yes. talk to those later. But I guess I just wanted to ask in general, if you think, if you find this, um, part of it is the, the social aspect, but also people's self-identity, you know, that, that mm-hmm. we like to think of ourselves as helpful and good people. Yes. And so it can really rub against that to say no sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that's, in in many ways, we have never been taught to say no. So we've been socialized, and women especially, been socialized to be much more obliging and giving of themselves to others. Uh, And so you're more likely to say yes when you want to say no. Yeah. And and I I love the quote you give us from Twyla Tharp, you know, who... Mm -hmm for some reason, took on this major project out of a sense of obligation yeah. to someone. And, you know, and then she says, obligation is a flimsy basis for creativity. And she says, whatever your reasons for starting with a project, they have to be clear and unencumbered. I like that. And of course, you know, especially if you're taking on something big, to do it out of a sense of obligation yes. is never a good idea. But I would think even even smaller tasks that I take on purely out of obligation you know what they can they can lead to resentment 
We really feel a sense of resentment when we are when we spend our time doing things that we don't want to do. And so, you know, one of the people in my studies once said to me, well, I spend half my time uh, doing stuff I don't want to do and the other (laughs) half of my time resenting the fact that I did that. And it struck me as such an important thing to recognize that Mm -hmm. when we do feel resentment, that's exactly the moment we need to Mm -hmm. stop and learn from our mistakes. Um, One of the things I find and talk about in the book is this idea that we don't learn from our mistakes because we naturally have these coping mechanisms that jump in as soon as we start feeling bad or resentful. We start searching for silver linings. We start looking for the good thing in what we've agreed to do so that we can diminish those feelings of negativity. And what I suggest is that instead of letting that those coping mechanisms bounce back, it's like the psychological immune system. So before you can let your psychological immune system take care of the situation, you need to pause and learn from it so that we don't keep making those mistakes. And so resentment is a really that feeling of resentment where you just wish this person hadn't asked you so you're not spending your time doing this right now is a good moment to learn and say this I really don't enjoy doing things like this. I should make Mm -hmm. a personal policy so that I don't get myself in this situation in in the future. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tomorrow, Vanessa will be back with some ideas on how to say no. It's a technique she refers to as empowered refusal. And if you ever struggle with saying no to things, you'll want to come back to hear that. Of course, if you really don't want to, you're free to tell me no, but I'm hoping you will. A little bit of social pressure there. One thing I think you can say an enthusiastic yes to is more great ideas like these, which you can find in our next Big Idea app hundreds of nonfiction book summaries as written and read by the authors themselves. Just search for Next Big Idea in your app store. I'm Michael Kovnet. See you tomorrow.